Also the fact that, you know, we just changed the clocks and everything. So like my body still thinks right now is nine o'clock, even though it's 10 o'clock and, <laughs> or no, 11 o'clock. See, I, I always get so confused. It's such yeah. an antiquated idea. Yeah. Fall yeah. back. So it would be 11, nine. Cause yeah, I woke up at like eight o'clock this morning. I, so. I know it's, I know a lot of people hate the daylight savings time and a lot of the world doesn't do it but for some reason i actually i think i'm one of the i'm in the minority but i actually like it no i i enjoy at least this one i hate the other one the other one can suck dicks the other um, one sucks but it makes this one so nice like this one especially with a kid where you don't get to sleep in and like oh man it's like i know i got an extra hour of sleep you know <laughs> uh, i guess that's that's true i didn't think of that yeah it's one because it happens at two and i'm like as long as she doesn't wake up, I'm good to go. Like, it's it's great. Um, Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zach Rye with Old Man Gaming. With me is Neil, aka uh, a grumpy wizard. Yeah, I'm grumpy too. Grumpy wizard. It has not been fun to be in the gaming industry, but uh, I should say the name of the show. Uh, for whatever reason, you guys have decided to tune into another horrible gaming podcast. Uh, just a couple of disclaimer. Just one disclaimer before we get into this. The horrible means that we're horrible at this. Uh, so you're definitely going to hear my kid's tablet in the background. Uh, the internet may or may not cut out on us. Uh, just bear with us. We're not very good at this. Um, and then, of course, a few credits before we get started. Mark Bell, thank you to him for all of the original graphics that you are seeing if you are watching the YouTube version. And then, of course, a big thanks to my brother, Nick Van Siders, for doing the theme song for this show and all of our shows here at OMG. He is the man who makes the music. We thank him for that. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to the top of the show and possibly our most favorite segment, and that is fan traction, though we start on kind of a downer note. Um, gotta apologize. Phil Billy, we're so sorry. We missed one... One of your comments last week, and uh, it was a really important one that you had actually, you know, shared a link to a story about for. Uh, so I, I was really kind of bummed that we missed it. I do want to say the reason we missed it, I figured out, is that for some reason it would filter that comment out of my comments when I went to the page unless I sorted by newest first. And I don't know why YouTube would do that. It would only be on the internet, but... At least there is a reason that we missed it. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, but he actually did research for this one, so he was a little bit bummed that we missed it. So I'm going to read it now, even though it's two weeks old. And he said he just wants to point out that Katherine Jensen from Sony specifically states that you cannot opt out of the voice chat recordings here. And he posted an article from The Verge uh, basically saying that that is not uh, – you can opt out of that. Oh. Yeah, well, I must have misread the uh, <clears throat> must have misread the article then. It I happens. Mean, I mean, that would, changes it, my feelings about it. That's for sure. 
I mean, it definitely would make sense as well. I mean, it would be pointless to have this sort of feature that you can opt out of. So I, that's my bad on that part. Oh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's all right. I I didn't know any better either. I think that uh, first of all, thank you, Phil Billy, for that research. We really appreciate it. Um, we definitely don't want to give misinformation here. I I think that the fact that you can opt out of it makes it even worse. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> it still bothers me I, to the core for some reason. Yeah, I just uh, it, it all goes back to how it is implemented. I mean, again, if it is algorithmic based, which it does kind of seem like yeah. that's the more reasonable way that they would do that because you can't just hire a bunch of people like you had said to just listen to <laughs> some sad boys and cuss words. <laughs> yeah. All, all day. Um, so, I mean, yeah, in that regard, I, I don't think that, I think it's just another cost that we're paying just like for using technology. It's one of those things that we're like, ew, that's kind of weird now, but will become commonplace. Just like how your phone uses GPS to track you where you are and everything like that. It's just kind of par for the course at this point, I think, personally. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that there is a line and I feel like um like you want I know this is gonna sound real weird, but you wanna invade my privacy to try and sell me carpet cleaner. I'm much more okay with that than if you're basically trying to ban my account via a robot. Like, I don't know. Uh, it, I don't know. It worries me. I, I definitely, it would definitely give me pause if I was on the fence about which system I was buying this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it, when you when you put it like that, it's definitely different flavors of the same do, but like... Yeah, I, I understand the apprehension, and I think it yeah. just comes down to a personal level at that point. Like I said, I have Google speakers throughout my house, so I'm already being listened to 24-7. I mean, when I got yeah, this phone right. that I have now, it it like tracks when you go to sleep without like telling you that it was even a thing. Mm -hmm. No lie. I like three days after having this phone, I plugged it in and I got a special notification. It's like, do you want us to set an alarm for this time? Right. It's when you normally get up anyways. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> okay. I, we got two, we got two, um, basically they're like, I guess you'd call them like baby monitoring cameras, but they're not really for babies. They're just like home cameras in our house and I, I put them up because you know my wife had to go back to work full time so that she could check in anytime she wants and you know feel like she's here um and we got two of them and like it's it's eerie how like stella will be like yelling about bread and then all of a sudden my ads will be like hey do you want to buy some bread like hmm, how do you know she eats that kind of bread that's real weird <laughs> Yeah, it's very strange. Like, they're just always listening from every device. I'm pretty sure they're listening to us right now, even though we're not even broadcasting. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, absolutely. NSA, sons of bitches. Everybody's worried about CIA. It's not CIA. They have no authority on American soil. It's the NSA you won't be scared of. Uh, but that was Conspiracy Corner for... <laughs> <laughs> All right, you may so not remove your tin foil hats. <laughs> One last time, apologies to you, Phil Billy, for missing it. I uh, I don't know why it filtered it that way for me, but it did. Uh, so I will try and make sure to always hit newest first uh, on it so that it doesn't filter out any more comments. But thank you again for your research as well. Uh, but honestly, we didn't get that many comments on our last week. Uh, we had a good view count, but only Kev Tutal, and he only commented twice. 
So first he said, and this is topical on what we were just talking about, the voice review will be based off voice recognition. There will be key words that are pre-chosen. It will be human when contested. Uh, also, there is no free speech protection from companies, only the government. It is totally within Sony's rights to not allow you to say fluffy bunnies on their voice chat. So he's speaking directly in reference to me saying that there would be like a freedom of speech suit. He's right. Uh, there, there is no freedom of speech for companies. Sony can decide what you say on their voice chat, period. Um, I don't necessarily think that's right, though. Uh, I'm going to say that. And uh, I also, uh, the human contested thing, that kind of fits into what YouTube does. Um, YouTube actually doesn't have any moderators, interestingly enough. YouTube basically... Well, at least for like contesting copyright claims, uh, basically it all it does is it has an algorithm that finds the copyright claim. And I, the only reason I'm saying this, I think it's going to be something akin to what uh, I totally forgot to start the stopwatch. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, this is gonna be a terrible episode. Uh, the YouTube thing just finds something that's kind of like whatever it is and says, oh, this is copyrighted. And then if you contest it, basically it sends it to the company that's contested, that's holding the, the copyright. So like I actually had to do this because one of my brother's songs sounded apparently – one of his riffs sounded slightly like this French rock guitarist from like the 1980s. Uh, so basically I had to contest it. When you contest it, it sends it – to the company that holds the copyright to then be like, hey, they're saying this isn't yours. Can you decide what it is? And they never actually got back to us, so the copyright claim got lifted. They have 30 days to respond. But I would assume that in this case, uh, the algorithm picks out some nasty shit that you've said uh, when it's, you know, whatever, when it's put in. And then if you're like, hey, no, I didn't say anything terrible, then it goes to somebody who is human to actually look at it and decide whether what you said was bad or not. And in that regard, like I'm already thinking of the, the things that are going to end up happening. Like if you're playing a shooter or whatever, and somebody throws out a grenade or whatever, and you shout duck and it thinks that you said, fuck, mm -hmm. and you're going to get, then you're going to get flagged. And right. Everything. Think Granted, of all the times I mean, you I tried don't... to talk to your phone, and that phone was like, "Did you say blah 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 blah?" Like, yeah, this is a bad I mean, idea. I I think granted, this is. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, I keep interrupting. I was just gonna say. Granted, I don't think that this is something that like it's constantly being monitored. It's one of those things to where it's like, "Hey, this person said this, and I'm not okay with it." Right. So I mean, there's that. But I mean, if you are playing with a bunch of randos online. And they mishear you. I mean, they very right. well, if for some reason they're one of the gamers playing a shooter that doesn't cuss, I guess, in this scenario. But, yeah, it's just one of those things. I don't know. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm OK with it. I'm not that torn up by it, but I can see why there could be issues. Personally, I think it's real like it makes me nervous. It depends on how strict they are and how well they look at Right. So, like, if this is, like, a, a situation where, like, anything you say can be sent to them and they can, like, ban you, they're, we're going to have problems. Like, if it's, like, a, 
if you send something and it's the worst of the worst, they'll ban you, then maybe it's not. You know, I think it, it'll really depend on how strictly they enforce it and how much they keep to it, you know? Right. So, uh, all right. So, uh, we also got another comment, <coughs> excuse me, from Kev Too Tall. Horrible Arena. Going to go with Zach. I really like the possible variety of almost different play types. Uh, although I think Neil's pitch has significantly deeper gameplay. I think weaving the quest between NPCs based on morality would be a monumental achievement in game development. But he still voted for me. And then we switched to Discord, which we got a good amount of comments on Discord too. My kid keeps turning up her tablet. It's driving me nuts. Um, Stella, can you turn that down? Thank you. Uh, you have to turn it all the way off. Just turn it down. Oh, my God. Bring it here. Sorry, everybody. This is kid stuff. Why don't you say hi to everybody since you're ruining the podcast? Hi, That's not. They're not going to hear you. <laughs> say it real loud. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. There you go. All right. Now there it is. Good. Should be good. Okay. All right. So uh, we had some comments on Discord. Guys, love the comments on Discord and the Discord participation. Uh, first and foremost, we got Greenscar83. You guys know him as the man who makes the music. Uh, Forza RPM gets my vote. I would buy this immediately. Also, let me know when when Neil's brick and mortar stores go up. I have a bunch of 32x games to trade in. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Phil Billy says my vote this week goes to Forza RPM. Um, then we got the. Uh, the consummate troll, uh, filthy Phil. I vote for Sniffy Nose Crazy Talk. I'm assuming that's me, uh, but I'm not sure. I'm just going to assume it's me. Either that or he really is voting for Chris Farley, which is fine. That's kind of his thing. <laughs> I would be honored to be compared to Chris Farley, except for the whole, you know, cocaine thing. Yeah, right. So uh, so I take a big win there, buddy. Take a big Yeah, w. not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little grumpy. Uh, not a single vote. So uh, oh my God. screw y'all. I'm voting for myself at least. So You're four points ahead. One, Cry me a river. Jeez. I mean, yeah, but I was really proud of mine, damn it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I didn't, I I didn't had, think it was and bad. I don't have much hope for mine this week. I so. Can I tell you? Sure, go for it, kiddo. Uh, just make sure you close the fridge. Uh, I I have one of the best pitches I've ever done, in my opinion. I actually had to write it down to make sure I keep it all straight. Uh, yeah, the I, only thing that's yeah. going to get in my way is what I'm going to pitch is, in my opinion, possibly science fiction, as far as the yeah. streamer integration goes. Because <laughs> like what I have an idea for, I don't even know if they could do. Like I think they could do it, but I don't know. So like. I might get shut down with that, but I'm still going to pitch it because it would be a game that I would be like push all my chips in for, and I'm not even a streamer. So, All right. Uh, I think that wraps fan interaction, though. Uh, nice and easy one today. Uh, you want to head off to our first and terrible talking point? Absolutely. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Our first talking point is going to make nobody happy. And uh, it's not going to be happy, and I'm sure I'll get yelled at because I get yelled at at every show now. But 
Cyberpunk 2077 delayed again. It went gold. They had crunch. They delayed it again for 21 days to December 10th. Um, this also sent a ripple effect, which I, I want to discuss during this talking point as well, because I, can, I have now seen three games have been delayed just because they don't want to be near Cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, so this is – look, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I do want to push everybody to check out my terrible talk, even though I didn't share it because it was very negative and rage-filled, and I don't like to share negative and rage-filled things on Facebook, especially in an election year. But um, I had a lot of thoughts on this then. Uh, but, yeah, Neil, why don't you start us off, and I'll just well, jump in. I mean, I have a lot to – in regards to this, because after this information came out, um, the the news on Cyberpunk kind of exploded, and we got an even better look uh, behind the scenes as to you know what exactly has been going on and why decisions were made and current thought processes and feelings by certain individuals within the company on where things are uh so i'm just actually going to run through them i i actually had some of these saved for odds and ends but i mean this there, there's way too much here for that go so, for it i mean so first and foremost one of the main reasons that cyberpunk is being delayed is because the current gen versions of the game are struggling a bit surprising absolutely 100 percent. no one now everything I, that we've seen i'm sorry to interrupt but i have a quick question about that one um okay. is that absolutely 100 percent confirmed i i know that that is the strong suspicion and probably 100 percent true but like is that confirmed by cd project red because the last time i checked that wasn't actually confirmed by them so it has been alluded to okay. by them right. uh, by another statement that was also made is uh, internally, at least, whether or not it's been confirmed by the company. Um, it's uh, it said oh, my computer's doing something because I had some good. thoughts on that, too. I just wanted to um, ask. Yeah. Uh, so apparently also they are shooting for a 90 plus on Metacritic. So because they just want this game to be so good, which is fine. I don't, you know, disparage them for wanting to make sure that they have the best thing possibly available. But, right. you know, you can there only limits, polish though. something right. so much for it to be noticeable. Right. I mean, in regards to the current gen versions not running uh, well, we had pre-ordered it for the Xbox, but because we have uh, our PlayStation 5 pre-ordered, we're going to transfer our pre-order over to PlayStation, the PlayStation 4 version, and get the PlayStation 5 version. The reason that they gave for the delay is they want to make sure that it's the best possible everything, and they're working on nine versions of the game, which I don't understand why next-gen versions have to launch alongside current-gen versions if they're backwards compatible anyways. Right. Uh, but that's just me. Um. And then uh, Adam Kaczynski uh, just, like, can't keep his mouth shut uh, about anything. Um, I'm trying to find the exact quote, but uh, they, uh, they said that uh, they feel firm in their new uh, release date. Yeah. Not confident, but firm, which yeah. leads everybody to believe that it very well could get delayed again. 
And then on top of that, he's gone out and uh, he he made a, a statement to uh, Jason Schreier saying that, uh, you know, crunch, the crunch really wasn't even that bad. It's not that bad. It's okay. It's fine. Whatever. And apparently it was that bad because after making that statement to Jason Schreier, he had to turn around and apologize to the, all of the developers and everything mm-hmm. in the company downplaying what had happened again we can we can go down this road as to whether or not crunch is cool whatever but i think that it's gotta be pretty bad when you know you say oh it's not that bad and like your whole company essentially demands a an apology from you so right right this is that there has just been so the the information that has come out in regards to this has exploded i mean they they said oh we were going to implement mandatory crunch to push this thing through for the last bit of polish but after that we should be good it goes gold and then ah well you know what actually it's not really good to go so is that mandatory crunch then expanded uh and these people again i mean you and i both alluded to it in our videos Mm -hmm. like they probably expected some crunch, but how much are you expecting? Right. You know, nobody thought that they would be crunching all the way up to Christmas. Right. I mean, if it gets delayed again beyond holiday, I think well, that that's going to be ridiculous too. And now that it's pushed, sorry, I just keep. No, going. no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just, I have a lot to say. So just go yeah. ahead. Get it out. And so now I- <laughs> that it's, yeah. And now that it's pushed too, I think the biggest thing about all of this, these developers have worked so hard for mm-hmm. so long and you know what the the game awards are coming up and now because of this delay it's not going to be eligible for game awards i know it's not going to be eligible for ours and it's not going to be eligible for keely's fuck fest so if it if keely has it on his show then then we're going to talk about that because then that is some serious serious like we already thought it was underhanded that he that uh, Death Stranding was on there last last year. If if it gets in there, then it's very clearly just Keely doing whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. So um, I mean, I yeah that that's that's a, if I keep going, I'm just okay. gonna keep going. I have a lot of stuff to add to it. I have a lot of stuff to add. First of all, uh, just because it was the last thing you said, I want to hone in on something about the crunch that really bothers me the most, and. Uh, it was something you said a while ago, uh, and it, it's uh, it, I don't I don't actually think you honed in on on the Crunch video. It was something you said on a podcast, and it really resonated with me, um, because I am a firm I'm like I don't think anybody in the world should work Crunch, but we just don't live in a society where that's possible. Like, I, well, not possible, but just. It just doesn't happen. Every company, every business has crunch. Your restaurant worker, Mother's Day is going to be crunch for you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. Like every industry, every business has crunch. I Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Mother's Day is something you can expect. You know it's going to be bad. You know it's going to be your crunch, right? Uh, when I used to work in a cold warehouse, every year right around Thanksgiving, we would do these turkeys, these honeysuckle turkeys. And I knew that I was going to be working 60, 70 hour uh, weeks though when we were doing it because we had so much more inventory. Um, but I knew it was coming, you know? And, and that was something that you said a while ago that I really like resonated with me. These people thought Crunch was going to be in April 16th, you know? Right. Now, now they've had Crunch and you better believe they're going to need Crunch again 
to to do this on the back end. They didn't. They did crunch, and they didn't. Even, they couldn't even get it out on the right time. Um, something I want to point out too. Uh, this is actually something I because I was talking to Phil Billy about this quite a bit. Um, after my terrible talk, he called just a to, just a BS. So uh, Phil Billy, if you don't mind, I'm gonna quote some things you said. So a lot of this stuff came from Phil Billy. Uh, one thing he, it's not the developers. It's the people at the top who can't get their shit together. This game has been in development for eight years. And the reason that this game is having such a hard... Like, this game wasn't even meant to be on next gen. You know what I mean? And now they're having a hard time putting it on the current gen. How does that happen? And it's because they can't get their stuff together for so long that, like, (laughs) now we're in this position where the world moves on without them and they're having a hard time keeping up. And uh, that kind of just made sense to me. I feel like they took too long to make this game and now they have to keep adapting it uh, to try and make it work. And uh, I think that's a problem for them. Like if they had just said in the first place, we're going to make it next gen, nobody would have been upset. Like everybody would have been happy. But when they first started making this, there wasn't a next gen. You know, just to briefly interject to your point as well, I mean, I alluded to this in my terrible talk when I had mentioned it. Um, Theoretically, from what we can guess and gather, it's the development started in 2012. So that's even like during the previous generation before this one, the Xbox 360 and PS3 generation. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they had this current generation in mind, but this development, to put it into that terms, has been an entire console generation. Yep, yep, and that's a problem. I think I think the other thing is, too, the delaying it is uh, is becoming a real issue. And But before I get into that, I want to say something economical on this because CD Projekt Red is actually paying for this one. They're the first ones that have really gotten hurt by this. Uh, There is a story right now on IGN. That's my phone ringing. Sorry. Uh, There is a a story right now on IGN. Their stock has gone down by 25% after this delay was announced. Oof. Yeah, that's a big drop. And I don't want anybody to be out of work. I don't want any companies to fail. I don't. But if the if the if the people at the top see uh, get a little hurt by this money, maybe they'll start shaping up a little bit because this is just not the way you should run a company. I I also want to point something else out about CD Projekt Red, and this is going to sound a little jerkish. I don't mean it to be, but like I don't understand why CD Projekt Red is revered so much. They have made one really good game. That's it. Witcher 3. Is there anything else that you can say that was just like that level of good? I mean, truthfully, the Witcher series is the only thing that I know of that CDPR right? has really done. I mean, right. There, but these there guys could are. Be other things, but this I company has been know. revered like Rockstar. Rockstar has made 10, 12, they've redefined open world games. You know, they've put in the work. CD Projekt Red did Witcher 3, and somehow they are, like, revered in the industry right now. And I don't understand that. Like, people say their company name with Rockstar, and I'm like, look, I'm not saying they're a bad company. I'm not saying that at all. I am sure that Cyberpunk will at least be good. But, like, still, like, where did just that one game was all it took for them? Like, 
Rockstar, they shouldn't be talked about with Rockstar. Yeah, Rockstar only puts out a game once every like five, ten years, but but they've put out consistently a good game for the last freaking you know decade. You know what I mean? Like every one of their games that like their main studio games are amazing. You know? Yeah, I I don't I don't know either. I mean, yeah, it's I weird, right? Yeah, like, at I, least you're I, with me on that. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, everybody's like, CD Projekt Red isn't going to let us down. Why? Why do you know that? They've only made one thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, as I've said before, too, like, Cyberpunk is going to be my first CD Projekt Red game. Right. I mean, I tried playing a little bit of The Witcher 2, and it was free on Xbox, but it wasn't my jam, so I just well, kind of moved on from uh, it. I didn't like Witcher 2, and I don't know that everybody, like, I know that it's... It's a relatively well-regarded game, but I don't know. It wasn't the hit that Witcher Three was, and Witcher right, Three right. was was amazing. I I think Witcher Three is great. I'm never gonna finish it, but it is a great game. But like, I don't understand why that one like Supernova game demands that they are just a great company. I don't know that they're a good company. I they're not tested in my eyes, and I feel like they're not doing great <laughs> right now. Um, I mean, I don't know what the development cycle was like for Witcher 3 because I didn't right. really follow it right. well enough. To yeah, neither know. did I. I mean, but uh, from what I understand, I mean, Witcher 3 was so content rich, they used that as a blueprint for cyberpunk mm -hmm. and actually cut off of it because there was just so much to do which is yeah great awesome and wonderful and if they want to shit like scale it back that's fine but at the same time i mean we granted we don't have our hands on the game yet but like what are going what's going to be the result of all of that what is all of this crunch gonna push right. out i would have loved to have seen the game launch as it is and see exactly what it is that they think is just so terrible, horrible, and right. bad. I mean, if right. it's chugging on current gen hardware, like I totally understand pushing it back. I know, like even when I played Control last year, it was having a time running on my uh, on my classic Xbox. So Here I mean, we had getting or the classic, right. the original Xbox One that is right. the classic Xbox. And I'm the thing um, is, is my thing is, is I don't think anybody's gonna think this isn't going to chug a little bit you know what i mean like i don't i feel like they're trying to make it better than it can be like that anyone's expecting them to be like i don't think anybody with a classic xbox at least i'm not is expecting to play this on classic xbox and not have it like have some long load times in it you know what i mean um i i also want to i want to just pivot slightly if that's all right with you Oh, yeah, sure. Because there's something that's really bothering me about this cyberpunk thing is that it is now actively holding up games, uh, other games that you may want to play. Path of Exile uh, has been pushed back from December. They specifically said they don't want to launch in a month in which cyberpunk is launching. Uh, there was another one, and I can't remember the name, but Outriders, the one that me and Phil Billy have been really excited for. Now, they never actually gave a date, which is smart. I've said that in my terrible talk. If you don't give dates, I'm not going to get mad at you. But they said holiday season. They have recently pushed it back. They gave us a date. It's February. Um, and and we're like, but their reasoning wasn't like, well, we don't want to go alongside Cyberpunk. Their reasoning was like, uh, we don't, we'd rather launch after the next gen launch, whatever. 
I kind of feel like it was Cyberpunk, though, because this was announced like three days after the Cyberpunk thing changed. Yeah. And then there's one other game. I think it's like a turn-based strategy thing like uh, Path of Exile that also got pushed out of December. So, like, it is actively like pushing our games back. And what are they going to do if this gets delayed again? Like, is this thing going to shut down our games for the next three months? I mean... In a year of delays as it is already, I mean, I wouldn't honestly be surprised. Um, but, I mean, I don't think... I, while I don't agree with, you know, the confidence level that you have in your game, like, mm -hmm. saying, like, oh, well, Cyberpunk is coming out. I want to be, like, I don't want to be around that. We saw the same thing with Red Dead 2. Right. I can't remember exactly what games it was, but they all pushed around because they didn't want to compete with Red Dead. Red Which Dead. I under. Red Dead delayed oh. once. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there were other games that right. got pushed around. No, you're right. Of it. That's yeah. That's that's the 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 point that I'm focused on. Yeah, and yeah. I like, hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah it, it's like, what does that say about the confidence that you have in your own game? I mean, right. granted, at this point, Cyberpunk is just such a juggernaut, and it's not even out yet. Mm -hmm. But I mean, to kind of cycle back to the original point, not to get us back on the original point, but like, again, the, the, the expectation every time you delay this game and say, oh, it's going to be so good. Just wait, like that mm -hmm. hype builds more and more yep. and more. And now there are people who are like essentially frothing for this game. If these improvements that they're making aren't that noticeable or it's just like, Oh, it looks prettier and that's about it. I think it's going to backfire and it's going to backfire really hard. I mean, it's I'm already started saying, with the stock I mean, prices. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about like on a game level. I mean, yeah, you got people so ready. They're expecting to like see each and every individual hair, you know, programmed on somebody's head and, and stuff like that. Probably right. Like, the expectations just build more and more and more. And then there's going to get to be a point that you cannot stop that hype train, no matter what you do. And people have this unrealistic expectation in their head as to what the end result is going to be. And I think that, that we're going to see that. I don't think by any means that yeah. cyberpunk is going to be a bad game. I mean, we've pretty much deduced right. at this point that it can't be bad at this point. I, well, but now, I don't know if I'll say well, that, but... I mean, well, I mean, I, I see what think, you're saying. Think, yeah, it'll be playable. Everybody, it'll definitely be playable. Even if people have issues with like tiny things that they would have brought up in other games, I think that the the they'll be overlooked because people just want this game so hard. I but, think I think to your point, we are we are they are in a very rough situation because Witcher Three was great classic but no one was like there wasn't that much hype around it when it came out like everybody's like oh cool witcher 3 and then it was like oh this is a 10 out of 10 this is amazing this game has had so much hype around it at this point that i don't know that it can possibly live up to what people think it's going to be so i don't know uh we've talked about this for 20 minutes though we definitely gotta move on okay all right Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to our second talking point, and this is a really interesting, cool talking point that I'm very excited to talk about. Uh, 
it has been announced that Control is coming to Switch along with the newest Hitman game. How are they doing this? Well, guess what? It's like xCloud, it's like Stadia, it's streaming. They're doing it with streaming. So Neil, you know a little bit more about this than me. Why don't you start us off? Well, pretty much what it boils down to is when you are going to get these games uh, on the Switch, there you basically are downloading a streaming client for that game individually, and it's going to be streamed to your Switch, uh, which definitely solves the Switch's longevity mm -hmm, problem. Mm -hmm. uh, but it kind of opens some other doors as well. I mean, you can get newer AAA titles on your Switch and play them portable, but again, that would rely on you having a pers persistent data connection. Uh, and you won't really own anything either because I did not get clarification on this, but from how it sounds like it works, they won't necessarily be sold physical copies of the game. So, hmm. I mean, it it might they might have physical copies, but uh, from when I saw this article, I did not see anything about physical copies. I could be wrong in that regard. Okay. But, I mean, it's... It's cool. It's a great idea. I think that uh, it's going to give the Switch legs. Uh, but at the same time, too, eventually there's going to be a point. There's obviously going to be hardware revisions for the Switch eventually. Uh, as to when it's going to happen, the quote-unquote Switch Pro model. Um, but, I mean, it opens up the door to be able to play high-end games on your Switch, but again, you're going to be limited by your your data connection. I mean, I don't know. I, what do you what are you feeling about this? Okay, so I think personally, right off the bat, the thing that I like about this is Switch. We've talked about it before. I think Switch is Nintendo's best system. Um, however, it has a longevity issue as the next generation starts to push push. The, the barrier for the games, the ports that you're going to get on Switch is just not going to be possible anymore. I mean, uh, it's pretty impressive that they've been able to port what they have been able to port to it, but you're at its limit. So this solves that problem. This gives them a way to give you those AAA experiences on your Switch and portable. So I'm for that. I'm not necessarily for the fact that you don't own them, because that's very Stadia-like, in my opinion. However, you're in a situation where you have an infrastructure to own things. Like, the thing with Stadia is you don't own anything. There's nothing to own other than a little controller, you know? Right. Everything is online and incorporeal. With the Switch, you have stuff you can play that you own. You have things to own. It's the same with the Xbox. You get kind of this, like, I don't know. You have that base of physical and then it transfers over into the, the digital, which is the best way to do it, in my opinion. So you've kind of got that. You've got that base. This is a way to solve that longevity. I think, personally, this is going to translate because there have been rumors about a newer Switch coming out. Um, I think this is their secret weapon. I think that they're going to bring out a new Switch, and that Switch is going to be a little bit more streamlined to do this. Yeah, uh, that could be, but I, I don't know though. Like, just thinking of it by that token, like, what would be the point in bringing out a hardware revision for a console if you're slowly gonna transition everything to streaming, anyways? 
Um, because I don't think they're, I don't think Nintendo's ever going to go full of streaming is the thing. Like, I, I don't think that that's where they're going to go because they don't need to, they don't need for their first party stuff. They don't need that to be streaming. They'll never need uh, that to yeah, be streaming. I guess. Like, I guess it's true. Like, like Zelda is going to be amazing the way it is. It's never going to need those high end statistics. Same with Mario, same with all of those. And that's where they make their bread and butter. Um, and the, and they would much rather drive console sales with that and then give the hardcore players a reason to also have that. Like, think about it if you're a hardcore dad gamer, okay? Like me, let's say me, okay? I, and I'm buying a game, let's say my kid's older, and I'm buying a system for my kid to play on, right? Uh, my kid, perfect game system for them is the Switch, right it's got the family friendly stuff it's got a little bit more ease of access it's got the portability but that's not really going to speak to me the hardcore dad now you have the switch you have the ability to play those hardcore games as well as the stuff for the kids so you get closer to having a system a one system household on the switch i think that's the biggest weakness the switch has is that when i have the xbox upstairs i can play anything i want on it I can watch movies. I can do all of that. I can stream everything right from my Xbox. It's an all-in-one console. The Switch's biggest problem is it doesn't have that. It only plays games. It has the portability, which is great, but it only has games. You can't play Netflix on it. You can't do any of that stuff. This gets it closer to that because you're servicing more of your audience. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I could see that argument. Um, I mean, they can't walk away from physical sales because, because, and this is something I've hated about them, but they don't look at it like video games. They look at it like toy sales. They approach it like toys. That's how they've always done it. And they want to drive the Amiibo sales. They want to drive the merchandise sales. They want to drive the home circuit sales. Stuff like that, the physical stuff, that's where they shine. But giving us a more a better reason to also own it only keeps them in our ecosystem so i think i think you get a console that's a little bit better when they upgrade it but they also put in some stuff to streamline that streaming service so that they because they've already got the kids they've already got the family audience they don't need that they need to hit the other market and that's the hardcore people who don't want to play uh mario sunshine all day every day you know yeah. Yeah. I don't know, that's I, just my theory. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty I, I can see that working out. I think all yeah. in all it's good for Switch because it allows them to be a little bit more competitive than they have been. Yeah, definitely. Um I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know really what else to really say. <laughs> yeah, about we can it. move on. It was a good topic. Very, it was just a nice yeah, quick topic. It, <laughs> yeah, it's a nice quick topic for once. I mean, you're going to blow that all out of the water with odds and ends. Oh, we always second, do. So. We always do. Uh, my horrible arena pitch is like 10 minutes by itself, so it's going to be a long one. All right. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to odds and ends. This is a part of the show where we like to cover the uh, uh, little things that we do, um, like small uh, subjects that are not big enough for talking points. Um, I only really have the one, and that is Mario 3D All-Stars is getting a camera inversion. Uh, thank you, God, because oh, just yeah. anybody who's played that 
uh, if you move a camera in it, uh, you have to do it inverted. Like, you can't do it the normal way. And it is real frustrating, especially in Mario Sunshine, which, fuck that game. I cannot play that game. I've tried so hard to play that game. I can't play that game. And part of it is because up is down and down is up when you're aiming the water sprayer. It is a nightmare. I cannot get used to it. So uh, supposedly they're going to give a free update soon uh, that allows you to invert the camera controls. Yeah, I mean, uh, I never had a huge problem with it because... I played Mario Sunshine. I still have my disc downstairs. So, like, I'm used to it when I'm playing that game. So, it's not the end of the world for me. But I definitely understand the uh, frustration with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you go. All right. So, I just have a swath of things. Um, so, uh, Halo Infinite continues to have a uh, pretty rough time as... Uh, the game's director, Chris Lee, has quit the project. Yay. The director, oh, yeah, for Halo. I forgot yeah. to mark this one down. I was going to mark it down. Yeah, he uh, he's still with the company, but he's just moving on from the project. So uh, who knows? We still have no idea on when that's going to come, what it's whatever, uh, furthermore. And... Uh, Speaking of directors quitting, uh, I, I did not get the name of this director, but the uh, creative director for Rare's Everwild has also quit. Ooh, I did not hear that one. So there's that. So again, we don't know. Again, we've had two nebulous trailers that tell us absolutely nothing about the game. So who knows what that could be, you know? Everwild's got a long walk to get me excited about it. Um, like, the idea of it is interesting, but I just refuse to get excited about games that are just very clearly, like, you hired some company to do some cinematics for you. Like, that's very clearly right. what Everwild is. I don't even know that this game is in really production at this point. Like, I I just, I, I'm not going to believe in it until I see more. Uh, as far as Halo, though, I think that project's real trouble. In real, real trouble. Yeah, from the showing that they had uh, and saying that we supposedly were going to be getting it this year and the amount of work that they, they still haven't even given us a window of when it's going to be out other than 2021. Yeah. So I, I don't think... What did they think was going to happen? Did they think that it was actually up to par from what they showed? I mean, I don't know. I mean, if they're treating it as a live service, I guess that's par for the course. But... Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think that trailer was real rough, and now you've gone through two creative directors. Like, I think you're in, I think you're in trouble at this point. Uh, we don't actually have a release date anymore. Um, and what's funny is you look at the ad campaigns for the the Xbox Series X, like they're all like very Master Chief focused. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, yeah. that ain't coming out anytime soon, guys. Uh, so I, I think that's just I think that's a big loss for Xbox, honestly. And I think three four three should really be ashamed of themselves. I know they built an engine, but this has still been way too long. They only build Halo. What have you been doing? Like this is unacceptable. Right. Like, they, they need to be held to task. I don't know what they're doing, and this is another one of those, like, 
what are you guys doing? Like, seriously, I'm not talking about crunch. I'm saying, what have you been doing for five years? Because an engine doesn't require you to be this far off, you know? Yeah. Um, in other, uh, delay yet not exactly surprising sort of things news uh far cry 6 got delayed beyond april 2021 can um, i just can dirt. i have a can <laughs> i have just a moment real quick oh yeah go ahead i told everybody i said it right off the bat when we did the ubisoft for it i said that's gonna get delayed period okay yeah, i don't I know feel good the, now the date anytime that we see an initial release date it's... the last one that i can think of that happened that they announced the release date for was Fallout 4. Right. It, I, it was a surprise announcement and, and they it actually came out and we, it was ready to go. I don't um, I don't want to get too far into this because I could rant about this at least for 12 minutes. Check out my terrible talk, but uh, this is part of the hype train bullshit that companies do. They wanted to say a date on their Ubisoft forward uh and they didn't have a date. Like that's it's the same thing as like giving Keanu Reeves to say something on stage at E3, and then two months later taking it back. They're doing this to generate funds for their company, and it's wrong. They should not be giving dates until uh, until they have a date. Like they just shouldn't. I and and Ubisoft, the whole COVID thing too bugs me too because COVID's been terrible. I'm not saying it hasn't, but at this point. You cannot use that excuse anymore. You've used that excuse on three different games. You can't keep using that. You either have to adapt to the situation that the world is in or or not, but you can't keep blaming the pandemic because you've had plenty of time to get your S together. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, continue. Um, yeah, so uh, Activision made stupid money uh, this fiscal quarter. Uh, I believe it was quarter three. Uh, Activision made 1.95 billion, up from 1.28 billion uh, same quarter last year. Um, what's really notable about this, though, which is kind of really skeezy, um, they plan on hiring an additional 2,000 people as a result. But last time they posted this crazy record revenue, I believe it was in 2018, 2019. Uh, they laid off 800 people to kind of check their unmitigated growth as a company. So did they not learn anything or, well, uh, I mean, I don't know if, if I was those 800 people that got laid off in the first place, I would have <laughs> all raged because this is, this is just disrespectful for them. I'd, I'd be really worried if I was the 2000 or whatever that were getting right. hired, you know, like, yeah. Think how are you gonna like? I don't know. I, those the companies are run so terribly by the upper managements of these. Like they're just uh, I don't know. Uh, keep going. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, as I'd mentioned last week, uh, they're uh, making custom PlayStation Five faceplates, uh, or at least they were. Uh, so a couple days after uh, we had mentioned that on the podcast here, uh, they actually had to change the website name to comply with Sony's demands. And uh, a couple days after that, they actually were threatened by Sony with basically essentially stop doing what you're doing or we're going to sue you. Uh, and the company has now had to refund everybody their money for pre-orders for face plates and stop making everything. Hmm. So uh, either A, 
Sony plans on making their own official uh, face plates that you can swap out on the console and they didn't want anybody eating into their market share. Or B, uh, it's just Sony being dickbags. Um, <laughs> could be could be either one. Um, column A, column B. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't understand. It's not going to stop people from taking them off and spray painting themselves. Right. Or like taking right. them to somebody who's got a paint gun, you know, and just doing it themselves. So, I mean, I'm really hoping they're going to have their own face plates that they can swap out. But who knows? This is the kind of stupid behavior that companies just think of that are very adequated. Like, if, if you let these people sell those faceplates, you would get more sales of your system. Like, I don't understand how you don't understand that as a company. Uh, and there's just so many of them out there that are very, like, like just backwards-minded about, like, w what good exposure is and what bad is. Not only that, you put yourself through this bad PR uh, just to stop people from giving them a more of a way for you to customize their system, you know, like it, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it's very, it's very old world game systemy, and I, I think that's a big problem with Sony right now. Oh yeah. Um, so continuing on, cause mm -hmm. I still have a couple more. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, I'm trying not to take too long on my responses. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, so Retro Studios is uh, investing $500 million in a new studio uh, and moving into that new studio to push the development of Metroid Prime 4 along. Oh. Uh, I, I, uh, that, I'm at a loss for that because, I mean, this game got announced, what was it, four years ago? They've had to totally scrap it. They just put on like new, uh, they, they posted a couple months back for, you know, project leads and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know what this $500 million is going to do for, for retro. I mean, I hope that it means that Metroid prime four is a real thing, but I still don't expect this game for two more years. We've not right. seen anything at all, but a logo, right. uh, <clears throat> Yeah, so, this this uh, game. Yeah, yeah. Anybody wanting a Metroid Prime anytime soon? Just chill out, cause it ain't happening. And you know what? If they if they just ported the trilogy to the Switch, that would satiate so many people for so long. You know, the yeah. the the Metroid community, myself included, we want primes and we want classics. Granted, the classic sort of version, the Metroid uh, Two remake, wasn't like crazy well received well it didn't sell let's put it that way i loved it i thought it was great uh i love all the i i even enjoyed metroid other m you know and and everybody hated that one so right. i i'm dying for anything right um, right i think most of the metroid community is dying for anything honestly because i mean this isn't even just metroid prime it's metroid as a whole does not have a game right now it is a dead franchise currently basically yeah. yeah and that's a bummer um, that's a bummer for anybody who loves metroid uh so going back to sony and everything uh oh, the uh the ps5 the dual sense controller has been shown off a bit uh it's right. got some really interesting you know features and everything like that uh but what's really weird uh it is actually compatible with the nintendo switch <laughs> 
There really? is a video posted to Twitter. Uh, it can be connected. I think it's because it's a Bluetooth uh, wireless <laughs> controller. Uh, so it can be connected to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, also, uh, in regards to its compatibility, uh, IGN actually just broke this this morning. Apparently, the DualSense controller is compatible with the PlayStation 3 as well. But oddly enough, not the PlayStation 4. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense at all in the realm of anything. <clears throat> this uh, is just I don't... this is a big problem for Sony. I, I've said it before. Sony does not have any streamlining. They've splintered themselves with every iteration of their systems, of their controllers. Like they make everything so in the moment without thinking about the forwards compatibility or backwards compatibility. It's gonna come back to bite them. And now this is just weird. That's, yeah, I mean, this one is just, I mean, it's cool, but I just, yeah. so weird, so strange. Real strange. Um, so, uh, I only got two more. Oh my god, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, Avengers continues to die. Yeah. Uh, alone in the dark in the corner. Uh, yeah. so, there's been permanent price reductions of mm -hmm. in-game purchases, uh, and now the estimates are at roughly 1,000 concurrent players at any given time. Yeah, uh, They've extended their roadmap. This game only came out in the beginning of September. Mm -hmm. It's almost two months old. Uh, I think this is even quicker than Anthem went downhill, is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say yes. Because Anthem was really trying for a while to keep up, and they just didn't. Whereas I almost feel like this was like a, uh, like they've just been letting it die in a corner. And um, I'm kind of bummed about it because I, I've said I'm very happy with a lot of things that that game brought t to the table. Uh, they just, it was like they half-assed everything instead of like picking what they were and sticking with it. You know, um, but it's a real bummer because. I enjoyed that game. I would love to play that with other people, but their system is just so shitty. And playing with other people is not a fun experience. Uh, and for a games as service, that has to be your first. I mean, at least Anthem, you had a fun experience when you played with other people. Um, the way they did their fighting system uh, in Anthem with the combos, there was it was actually a lot of fun to actually play with other people, even when you couldn't hear them or voice chat with them. And I think that's one of the reasons Anthem lasted a little bit longer and is already talking about a resurgence. Um, but Marvel, it doesn't have that. It's just, it's just four people next to each other beating up people. Thank you. Put them here. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. I, I'm now really subscribing to the point that you had made a while back that they've already made their money and they're looking at the long term and just saying like, hey, yeah. uh, what's the point in keep doing this? You know, we've at least cut our losses and let's go do something else. Well, we don't I have a mean, release date for Kate Bishop. Um, yeah, they already put that off. We don't have any sort of release date for it. Um, I, I feel like I feel like it's a real bummer because I think this game could have been amazing with some with some tweaks. But I I think it's a failure. And uh, it is it is a question of like, did they make enough on this for it not to be a loss and just to move on to another game or, or what it is? But um, this could have been the Mar this could have been the Marvel Universe game that everybody played. You know what I mean? Like with the way they were doing characters and stuff, this really could have been an awesome thing. And I feel like they botched it. Games of service or not, it could have been an awesome thing. And I I feel like they 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 kind of botched this. Yeah, definitely.
Uh, and that actually kind of segues into my last one. Uh, okay. Speaking of botching things, uh, <laughs> so Microsoft, with their boxes uh, for some games, uh, notably uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, they, I don't know what they were thinking when they were doing the cases. The boxes for these games look identical, unless you know what you're looking for. Um, so there are two versions of the game that are going to come, come out, both for the Microsoft version, but uh, the box on one of them says Xbox One at the top, and the other one just says Xbox. It's in the standard green case like mm -hmm. we all know. Everything on it looks the same, with the exception of the one that just says Xbox. Mm -hmm. It has a little badge that says Series X in the corner, <laughs> but basically how they're they're presenting it is the one that says xbox one they have a tag on there that says xbox one and xbox series x because you can play it via backwards compatibility but not get the visual next gen enhancements but if you get the other version it will play on your x Xbox one and your xbox series x but will get the visual enhancements but if you do not know basically everything about Microsoft consoles, right? You you're not if you get the Series X version and try to put it in your Xbox One, you're going to, I believe, not even be able to play it. No, if that's not, not good. you, it'll they'll make you pay for it for uh, for the updated version. No, that's not good. Uh, so I mean, Christmas is going to be a nightmare. Because yeah. kids always get Call of Duty yeah. and confused parents are going to get the wrong one. Because this is, I mean, I am urging anybody who is interested in this story to look up the box, the, the boxes of these things yeah. and look at the differences because there are zero differences. They don't even have a huge badge on like the front of it says Xbox Series X version, Xbox One version. You just have to know what it is that you're looking for. Especially well, and Microsoft fact, already got into trouble with all that like... Xbox One X, Xbox One pre-order day stuff, you know? Yeah, especially given some games uh, that have been, like, reissues, basically, of games for the 360 that will play on the Xbox One <laughs> via backwards compatibility also have their own weird little badge on them, too. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, this yeah. Out. It's dumb and weird I, I how many weird complaints they will get i i do have one more surprise odds and ends if that's all right oh yeah go for it um games industry stop stealing our ideas seriously and if you oh, what now dude and if you do just give us credit uh you remember uh i think it was either last week or the week before but we were talking about the snoop dog fridge yeah yeah, and I said I was the only one who was like, I'd really like it if they gave this to people who didn't have. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, doing yeah, a yeah, the yeah, next heard... day. They announced a giveaway for for an Xbox yeah. fridge. I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw this one. <laughs> I saw this one now. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I seriously, I just want some validation to make it like we're not just some like crazy people screaming into the void. I mean, in all reality, I'm sure we are just following, you know, what the reasonable, you know, series of events is going to be with some of these. But I don't care. 
Right. I don't care. These are our ideas and we say it first. Right. You say right. it first if you want it to be your idea. I don't care. <laughs> right. Right. Um, all right. Uh, so you want to go to Horrible Arena? Yeah, let's go ahead. All right. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to the end of the show, the main event, the moment you've all been waiting for, the Horrible Arena. What is the Horrible Arena? If you have never watched or listened, well, first of all, watch or listen more. We're wonderful people. Uh, we're not really. Uh, second of all, what it is is we're the wonderful two, people. The two co-hosts. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't think oh, I am. We're great. People. I think every I mean, time I do a show, it becomes more apparent okay. I'm not great. We're um, solid okay. We're solid okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> Definitely like a six out of ten. At least. <laughs> um. What it is is the two co-hosts will pitch you a game based on pre-existing criteria that we take turns picking or we give our guests the option to choose. Last week, the guest chose, and that was Logan. He chose streamer integration for our subject of our game. At least seven and a half. Now, we, we need to pitch you the company, the title, and the game itself. Then you guys get to go to all the places and pick which one you would spend your hard-earned money on. Now, the quantum coin has been tossed. Neil, you have won it. You get to pitch first. So pitch your game with streamer integration. All right. So um, not going to lie. Uh, uh, this, this one I kind of struggled with uh, because I wanted to make something that could appeal broadly uh, across the board. So... Um, Let's just go with it. Uh, my project is XCTFL, Extreme Capture the Flag League. Um, <laughs> because I didn't have a good name. Uh, it's going to be made by Ubisoft strictly because uh, oh, of Hyperscape. I love the idea. Uh, I love your shit also because I feel there's been some overlap somewhere. Um, so... Uh, XCTFL would strive to make esports as a whole more mainstream. Uh, the game would be played across the entire globe within a league comprised of roughly 30 teams uh, of six players each, divided into four separate divisions, uh, and would run a normal season for six months with a regular weekly schedule for games. They would be broadcast on Twitch or on other uh sports channels like ESPN two or three, hopefully someday, one day they would strive to be on ESPN. Uh, but uh, these teams would all play a game version of capture the flag. Uh, and it would be specifically made for this esport. Uh, the game ex itself would be primarily a shooter, but would have some melee and magic elements as well. Uh, where two teams would try to capture the other's flag in a best of five games played to five points each. Uh, however, uh, every time there is a flag captured, the team whose flag was captured gets a Twitch vote where fans can give that team a boost of some sort, be it like a set of weapons, potential buffs, anything benefiting their team as a whole. Um, but... Uh, and anything that would be generated by what the potentials could be. Uh, but the players then get to choose as to whether or not they want to immediately use this buff or hold on to it for the next capture, giving them the potential ability to stack buffs and items 
but that would only be within that game. It couldn't transfer across all the other games because then, you know, somebody could just sandbag the whole time and then just stack all these buffs and everything and just wreck at the end of it. Um, so then uh, from there, uh, after the winners decided of a match, uh, the spectators would then also vote on the next map that would be played on with potential hazards that could be there for the next game that is played. Uh, letting the, the fans basically shape what it is that they wanted to see. Uh, and then the game would continue again with the next round to five points. And then the cycle would continue. Anytime there was a score, the team that was scored against gets the vote, so on and so forth. And it would continue to best of five games. Um, and after the season is over, the development team of the game would actually begin uh, patching, playtesting, and updating the game to prepare it for the next season. So rule changes, anything like that, to kind of put it more in line with an actual sport. I think that is what is lacking in esports is a new updated fresh take on things other than just uh it's a different it's the same you know sort of idea but a different game uh hmm. so that's my pitch uh, uh xctfl extreme capture the flag league <laughs> i don't i don't think it's terrible i don't think it's terrible i think it's really good idea and that is something that esports needs is a uniform thing that everybody can watch instead of splintering into the games, you know. So I, I, I kind of, I kind of feel you on that one. Yeah. Um, I definitely went a completely different way, though. So, okay, here we go. Oh, let's hear it. Okay, Ubisoft is my director as well, though, because they're great at games as service. They also stick with hard projects, and uh, this would be a very hard project. I think the only thing that could possibly disqualify me is what I'm about to pitch might be science fiction, but we'll see. My game is Project Espionage. Now, obviously, the whole idea of streamer integration is tough because, in my opinion, uh, you don't want a game that you don't want the people to be able to make your life a living hell because then they just drop enemies on you until they die because the trolls think it's funny. At the same time, you want them to have negative influences on your game to make it more challenging. Also, we learned something from hyperspace in the fact that if you make a game just about streamer integration, uh, normal people don't want to play it. Uh, so you have that problem. Like, how do you make this game broad range and streamer integration? And I really started to think about the other thing that games as service as a whole needs a little bit more of, and that is good storytelling. How do we tell a good story with streamer integration as a games as service? So, Project Espionage. Here we go. I'm going to try and keep this straight. I actually wrote a bunch of stuff down on this one for the first time ever. Uh, so here we go. All right. So you as the player would take up the mantle of spies. They're procedurally generated spies. Uh, you get to buy an operator every so many points that you get for doing the missions in game. Now the missions themselves would be procedurally generated and they would, ha they would happen in three acts. Each act having a small... Uh, objective that you have to do. Maybe it's smooth people, maybe it's do something else, but the overall whole is the act precedes you closer to the main mission, which might be an exfiltration or, uh, you know, steal some information, you know, something spy-like. Now, um, <clears throat> um, here's where the streamer integration comes in. 
the NPCs in the world are populated by the people who are occupying your Twitch chat. The game would read the Twitch chat. Uh, it would have a small algorithm, uh, something simple, um, that would create a character based on how that person talks. Uh, the amount of characters that get created, because a lot of streamers have a ton of people in their chat, would be dependent on the top chatters. Like whoever the top chatters are for that mission are the people who get the characters in. So it promotes those people talking to you and being part of the experience. But that's not where we're going to end. Uh, at the end of each act, there is a twist that is also procedurally generated. Maybe a big enemy in the next room. Maybe the thing that you're trying to get is actually the bad guy. Some sort of cool spy espionage twist for the main character to have to try and figure out. That gets voted on by the streamers. The player does not get to see it, but it gets pushed to the chat, and the streamers themselves get to actually vote on it via a poll to actually change the outcome of the story. This way, you get to control how the streamers interact, so you, it stops the trolls from just dropping dogs on your head. Um, but at the same time, they can also put negative or positive spins on things. Now, what happens then is you will proceed through these three acts to do your mission, succeed or fail. Now, if your operative goes down, you get three strikes with each operative, and then the operative is dead forever. Uh, this is kind of like uh, Showdown the Hunt. Uh, they had this, only it was every time you die, which I, I didn't like because that game's a battle royale, so you died a lot. Um, but you can actually lose your operators permanently. So each time you play, you get this kind of in the moment storytelling with your streamers, with your own spy. Now, before the mission starts, the game would procedurally generate out the acts and give you kind of a baseline, you know, your normal spy stuff, like the map, uh, the basic idea of what it is, like if you're going into like a party to smooth somebody or you're going just to kill somebody or whatever. And this allows you, to the player, to select the operator and the gadgets load out for that operator to do whatever it is. So the operator will have specific perks that you might want to use. You might want to use a more combat-oriented operator for an assassination mission. You might want to use somebody charisma-based when you're trying to go into a party and smooth or, uh, or do a disguise mission or something sneaky. Now, in addition to this, one of the most fun aspects will, this will kind of take place over the course of like movies. So like your mission, each mission you do will add into a five mission overall. So your three acts, you complete the mission, you come back. On the fifth mission, it's a finale mission where there is an arch villain who's been behind all the stuff that's happened in the last four acts. That arch villain is played and generated by your most influential streamer, period. So this gives even more reason for these people to respond to polls, to vote, to talk to you, to give you that feedback that you want. Because then they get to see themselves trying to kill you in the end, and that's just cool as heck. So that's my game, Project Espionage. You have Project Espionage versus Project XCTFL. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Let me know where you guys want to, uh, would spend your hard-earned money. I did forget one part of my pitch which is really irritating uh sorry neil I'm just gonna back up real quick <laughs> you're good sorry uh i i knew i'd miss one i wrote it all down i still missed one the thing that makes this game cool though is you can play it without ever getting on stream because of all the procedural generation and operators you could still just procedurally generate out characters and if you're not on stream it procedurally generates out characters based on your friends list
like Drivatars from Forza Horizon. So there's always something fun about this game, even if you're not streaming it. So, all right, back to the end. Uh, there's your games, guys. Horrible Arena. You guys get to pick uh, which one you'd spend your hard-earned money on in all the places that we are about to tell you. But before that, Neil, you have had one for two weeks. What's our next one going to be? Yes. So my next one is going to be Toys to Life. Ooh, okay. Yes, something like Amiibo or something along those lines. Oh, um, oh, so it's not like just a game based off a toy. It's a game based off like toy well, input. Well, yeah, toy input. So, yeah, something like that, Skylanders. Oh, I already have mine. Um, I already have mine. Starlink. It's done. I could uh, pitch Starlink. it right now. I'm not going to, but I could pitch it right now. And I'm going to get one vote on it. I promise you that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, but yeah, that's, that's Toys the to one life. that's been swimming around. Toys to Life. Got it. Uh, something I haven't necessarily gotten myself into uh, <laughs> yet. Uh but yeah, so that's going to be that. That's a good one. We've never done that one before. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to the end of the show and the shameless promotion, shameless promotion that that brings. Neil, you got anything specific you want to promote this week? Uh, well, you know what? I, it, I promise this is going to be the last time that I talk about it because I bring it up every single week. Uh, <laughs> but the reason why I really want to bring it up is I... It, my video, my last terrible talk, got over a hundred views. It broke it's at a hundred right now. Yep. It broke a hundred. I thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. I like sometimes like I think about stuff like that, and it's just like objectively thinking about looking at a hundred people and saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. they all watched this thing that I did." Yep. I mean, that's phenomenal. It's so encouraging. Uh, I thank you all so so much for that and uh from this point henceforth i will not bring it up ever again i <laughs> <That's> promise <not laughs> you're welcome to bring it like up I, I, I you're like always I, the most proud like of the like first it. video that breaks 100 i remember my first video broke 100 was dauntless review the one that started it all and uh, that was uh warms the cockles of your heart sir i understand yes and i mean it's just encouraging and has inspired me i already know what i'm doing for my next one and it's gonna be even more editing and ridiculous if i can pull it off so i'm excited to see it although it makes uh my terrible talks look like shit but uh yeah no lie i kind of feel bad no it's (laughs) okay especially given your most recent terrible talk which was nice which was great by the way I, i agreed with a lot of your points (laughs) <laughs> but I felt bad that you had to include the disclaimer, hey, this thing looks like a pile of dog shit compared to Neil's, and I'm sorry, but here you go. It's a quantity <laughs> versus quality thing. Like you, The only thing you edit for the channel is your terrible talks, whereas I edit and produce every show that comes out on the channel. <laughs> So I think I think it's got to be like the way it is. Like you could spend a lot of time on your terrible talk, whereas I can't. I don't have the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, we keep rolling with yeah. uh, Halo Infinite Road mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thursday. The next episode's going to be coming out of that. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And then I'm just going to loft it back over to you. All right. Well, we're going to try and get an OMFD up this week. Oh, yeah. I uh, about that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't 
giving you guys any questions. So it's going to be like last minute again. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to try and get an OMFD up this week just to tell you guys everything that we're doing on the channel. Uh, a couple of things I want you to look out specifically for. Uh, that would be um, we are go Deep Rock Galactic is coming to Games Pass. Uh, that's the games of service uh, procedurally generated kind of looter miner shooter thing where you're three dwarves and you have to like mine an asteroid that's procedurally generated while fighting off monsters. Um, me, Phil Billy, and Filthy Phil have been waiting for this game to come for Games Pass for, I think, forever. So we are actually going to record about two hours of it together, and I'm going to cut it up into four episodes. So I'm very excited about that. So keep on the lookout for that. Uh, other than that, I love Halo Infinite Road. It's so much fun to just play that game. There's so there's those episodes are so funny in my opinion. Um, and then, of course, I got to do it one last time because the last one went up yesterday. If you're listening to this, two days ago. If you're watching this, OMGW, uh, OMG Wrestling. Uh, we posted our finale, the part three of Immortality, the final. The final episode is up. Uh, please go see it. Um, the character that is not quite based off Neil is in the main event, too. So uh, it is, it's very exciting. Uh, so go check that out. I worked really, really hard on it. Other than that, you guys can check us out on Facebook at OldManGamingDH, on Twitter at OldManGaming9. You can join our Discord. The link will be in the description below. You can influence this and all of our shows from there. Please click like, subscribe, and turn the notification on if you want to hear from us more. And as usual, you guys keep watching and listening. We will keep making them. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, my cat's just rolling around <laughs> on my feet, being cute as fuck. Always your fucking pets, man. Always, always your pets. Uh, hey, this bitch is cute as fuck. This right. bitch is cute as fuck. That's great. That's great. <laughs>